with you for 25 so you don't have to pay the Saudis 28 You know, they might lure a little bit away. Indeed, today the Chinese president is in the Mideast, presumably shopping. Now, just a tiny oversupply in the world can shoot prices down dramatically. Why? Well, because it's hard to get rid of the extra. It's not like you and I are going to drive one additional carpool or rush out to buy a guzzler, says Tufts University economist Gilbert Metcalf. You may, in fact, say to yourself, gas is only $2 a gallon right now, but geez, I'd hate to buy a Hummer and have the price go up next year to $4 a gallon. People are not going to change their behavior that much in the short run. Now, the $5 word for all this is inelastic demand. Though at the gas pump these days, it's more of an under $2 word. At some point, more drillers will go under at these prices, supply will slow, and demand from the world's drivers will catch up, and prices will recover. But until that balance comes, cheap oil will remain a good deal for consumers, but a scenario for more carnage for producing companies and for petro nations. In Washington, I'm Scott Tong for Marketplace. One more thing about oil before we move on, by the way. A barrel of it at today's close of $28.46 per in New York. A barrel of crude costs less than the barrel it comes in. Think about that for a second, huh? There's a whole bunch of other stuff oil is cheaper than, too. We've got a list for you to check out at marketplace.org. On Wall Street today, yeah, you know, it was fine. Not great. Not terrible. Whatevs. We'll have the details when we do the numbers. Emily Guerin, who's reported stories for us a bunch of times, moved to North Dakota to cover the Bakken oil boom back in June 2014. Crude was above $100 a barrel then, and as we all know, today it is not. So instead of covering a boom, Emily has found herself covering a bust. And along the way, she's gotten some unexpected personal finance advice, too. People don't come to the Bakken oil field because it's a nice place to live. They come to make money. There are more oil rigs than trees, and we are from the Pacific Northwest. That's Dee Dee Andrews. They're here for her husband Kevin's pipeline job. We are thriving, but it's not home. But the Andrews are not your stereotypical oil workers. Spending their bundles of cash on big trucks, trips to Vegas, flat screen TVs, the Andrews are really frugal because they want to go home eventually. We just recently moved into a fifth wheel. That's an RV. There's not a ton of privacy. The neighbors are 10 feet away. He blows his nose at 5.30 in the morning, and it's so loud that it wakes the cat up. But they pay about $1,000 less per month than they would for an apartment in nearby Watford City. We're saving up for a nice piece of property with trees and a river, and once that's paid off, we'll go home, and we'll eke out an existence at $15 an hour and be happy. And that was my first lesson. Don't adopt an expensive lifestyle that traps you in a job you hate. Lesson number two. Uh, Don't borrow any money. I would say debt can really hurt you. You need to save as much money as you can. Put it away. Don't buy new things. That was three small oil field business owners, Rusty Briggs, Bob Ayala, and Rory Anderson. They've been through booms and busts before, and that's the advice they gave younger oil field workers. Debt is especially dangerous in an unstable industry like oil. 
Truck driver April Boyce learned that in March when her boss suddenly cut her hours way back as the price of oil plummeted. It used to be that you get called out. I mean, you get called out at four o'clock in the morning and, uh, you know, be doing runs until 10 o'clock at night, just one after the other. And now it's, you're just kind of living in limbo on standby. Sitting around in coffee shops, waiting to get called out to haul something from one oil well pad to another, Boyce started analyzing the sacrifices she was making to be in the Bakken. And you abandon your family, your friends, and your comfort zone back home to make money, you know, and now they've kind of turned the spigot off. The money has stopped flowing, and so I just said it's not worth it. Boyce taught me lesson number three. If you're in a job that's not ideal, don't lose track of why you were doing it. Know when it's time to leave. A lot of people here are like that. They come and go.